Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm excited to be here in 2024, still season three on bizradio.us. So today's show is all about tax season, V-Team. So I definitely wanted to kick off the new year with friends of the show. Um, today's guest is a certified public accountant and partner at Gosnell, Menard, Robinson, and Infante, GMRI is what we'll call them going forward. He has over 20 years of tax accounting experience, and I have the privilege of working with this guest um, as my go-to tax CPA guy for all my clients for Balance Virtually. This is his second time on the show and hopefully not his last. So without further ado, I would like to introduce today's tax expert, Mr. Bill Robinson. Welcome back, Bill. Thank you, Veronica. How are you today? I am good. (laughs) Just trying to stay warm. It is officially (laughs) winter. It is cold. This is going to air in January. So just for those listening a little Inside, it is December right now, but I will say it's like 35 <laughs> degrees here in Asheville. I don't know how it is in Spartanburg, but it's cold. Yeah, well, it's cold here, considering even though, you know, we're an hour away, but it's, uh, I think it's probably about 43. So, <laughs> so that's, that's cold for us Spartanburg people. That is. <laughs> yes, yes, for a lot of people. So it's funny, yeah. my mom is down a little bit further. You know, she's in Charleston and yeah. she starts pulling out her fur coat when it goes below 60. I'm like, mom, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't <Right>. that cold. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, Bill, I know you've been on the show before, but for those that did not hear the show that aired probably almost a year ago at this point, if you could just give a quick background about yourself, because I always love hearing other people that are accountants, hearing their story of how they fell into doing accounting. Because as we know, less than 5% of the profession have people looking like me and you, you know, that are Mm -hmm. black and brown, especially in tax. So if you could just (laughs) give us your love story with accounting, how you found yourself becoming a partner. Well, uh, you know, uh, long time ago, I used to watch my mom. She was kind of like the church clerk. And Mm -hmm. I used to see her do all the accounting for the church and all that kind of good stuff. So I kind of started back then, many, many years ago, just thinking about how much I enjoyed numbers and so on and so forth. So that kind of led me to thinking that I wanted to deal with math. And so as I got to college, my initial thought was I was going to major in math and become a math teacher and coach. Oh, wow. <laughs> such, a, such a football guy, teaching yeah. coach. <laughs> so, so, and so then I did an internship with a firm here in Spartanburg. And then I thought, you know what? Coaches don't make a whole lot of money and, sure and, and, and a lot of time <laughs> and so on and so forth. So in the internship, as I was finishing up, 
the guy was showing us what he did at the end of the day, and he kind of put up what his billing rate was. And when I saw his billing rate, I thought, man, you mean to tell me what we did all day long? That's your billing rate? And he said, yes. yes. And I thought, hmm, I think I'm going to do this. I, I don't have to worry about, yeah, yeah, there are long hours at times, but I don't have to worry about making widgets. I don't have to worry about counting this or doing this or that. I can go out and do something that helps me make money for myself. And possibly, you know, at the time, I, wa- I wanted to be in a CPA firm, but that wasn't initially what happened right off the bat. But eventually, mm-hmm. I got I got here. The, the, yes. good Lord, the good Lord got me here the way he wanted me to get here. So Yes. <laughs> and you're the second male CPA to have on the show yeah. where their mom was an inspiration to them when it came yeah. to the accounting. And I love hearing that because I'm the mom to a young black boy and as soon as his math is is tight you know he only ate (laughs) he's getting really good i'm gonna teach him just so he can have that foundation because i tell people all the time you know accounting is the language of business yeah and a lot of people are illiterate you know and they run in their businesses and they're still successful so imagine how much more successful you can be if you have a better understanding of accounting well, Veronica, I got two two grown kids. Don't hold your breath. Neither one of them wanted to do it. <laughs> Come on. Now, what are they doing now? Is it completely different? Like, are they in the arts and drawing? Yeah, well, <laughs> well my, my daughter's in the marketing, but, yeah, I mean, she, she's got four four kids. So gotcha. she's, most, she's mostly into marketing and being a mom, but she's got a little online business. And my son mm-hmm. may end up majoring in psychology. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, trying to figure out his way in life right now. So, but you know. <laughs> I would say you sound, ex- you sound exhausted with that son, but I feel you. And, but it sounds like they still have that entrepreneur business in them. You never know that son might yeah. end up having his own business yeah. in that field. But I hear you. I ain't gonna hold my breath. Yeah, yeah. don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> so today, Bill, I'm so excited because it's the the start of the year, and you know, I consult with a lot of small business owners, and they always are assuming because I'm a CPA, I'm supposed to know everything that's going on in the tax world and I'm allergic and I try to stay away and I just tell them Bill's the man and Bill keeps us out of trouble. So <laughs> if, you, if you listen, yeah, if you listen, well, okay. right. So, yeah, here's a, yeah, um, a couple of things that some small business may want to consider. Um, yes. The first thing is, of course, if you have the means to look at any equipment that you may need by the end of the year that will help you um, depreciation-wise or that's going to be something that benefits your business. I'm not a person that recommends, oh, yeah, I got some taxable income. Let me just go out and buy a car to make it all go away. Well, yeah, you can go do that, but then next year you can't do that. Okay, so right. you you push your taxes down this year, then 2024, you want to know why you got to pay so much taxes. Well, that's because you did it all in one year. Right. And, and we want to add, Bill, there's nothing wrong with paying taxes. Right. Yes, right. If you pay in taxes, that means you've done something right. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's something you've done right. Okay. So yes. um, number two would be, you know, um, if you've got some employees that you want to try to keep and hang around, you can give them a bonus. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, at this point in time, you could think about setting up a retirement plan. Um, yes. <clears throat> um, I got a client right now I'm working on with about a retirement plan. Well, you know, it's it's after October 31st, so you can't 
set up a 401k plan or a simple plan or anything after October 31st, but you can set up a profit sharing plan and have it convert over to a 401k plan or a simple plan going into 2024. So, and I know that bill, so the deadline's yeah. October? It's October the 1st. If you're going to set up a retirement plan, a 401k plan or anything like that, you have to do it before October 31st. I mean, before October the 1st, I'm sorry, October That's 1st. good to know. And also <clears throat> with employees, I hear, I've, I've been getting um, quite a bit of clients asking about employing their children and there being this limit of, I think, what, $12,000. What is the rules? I just want to add that when it comes to children being employees. Okay, here's, here's, the, here's the deal with the children, okay? <clears throat> you can pay your child as a sole proprietor without paying the FICA taxes, okay? okay? They have to be treated as an employee. You have to do a W-2 to show them, show them as an employee with no FICA taxes, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're paying, you're paying, basically paying them up to the standard deduction. Therefore, there's no taxes. Here's the fallacy in all of this is that people are not getting the details. They're saying, okay, well, I can just pay my child up to the standard deduction and I have to pay taxes. Yep. Okay. (laughs) It's how you do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you do it and you're a sole proprietor and you say, okay, I'm doing, I'm going to pay them the $12,000, you're paying them as an independent contractor. Right. Therefore, that means you have to provide a 1099. Which they would have to pay 15.3% of self-employment. 15.3%. So that's not how you do it. You have to treat them as an employee, which means you got to do payroll. You got to do a payroll. You got to do 941s. You got to do all these things that makes them an employee of the sole proprietor. Now, if you're a partnership, S-Corp, or C-Corporation, you treat them just like a regular employee. Okay. That's it. You they gotta pay you gotta pay the FICA tax and all this other stuff. Is there anything wrong with that? No, there's nothing particularly wrong with that because here it is, you're paying them, they get some FICA taxes, you get a deduction, you're pushing that whatever the income is into a lower tax bracket. Man, Bill, you're really putting me on some things. Like I said, even as a CPA, I wasn't aware about what other tips do you have for us that we can share with some of the small business owners? Okay. Well, one thing is stop watching TikTok. Um, TikTok does not give you all the details that go into the complexities of the tax law. Mm -hmm. It only only gives you an overview. And there are certain things that are missing that um, clients just don't get because they don't do what we do every day. Right. Right. I I definitely see that when I'm training people, they're like, oh, yeah, I can do accounting until they start having to do some journal entries and, you know, some other things that are non-cash transactions. And then they're like, oh, they didn't explain that in TikTok or on YouTube. And I'm like, that's why we had to go to college for a couple of years. (laughs) That's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, Also, um, we do have clients that tend to think that... um, they can sell a piece of property and not pay taxes on it. Um, mm. because they are under the impression that they can sell the property, take the proceeds, and reinvest into another property. 
Hmm. However, you can do that, but you have to do a like kind exchange. You can't just take the money and then turn around and buy another piece of property. If you do a like kind exchange, you have to part the money with someone, which we call a qualified intermediary. Mm -hmm. Then you can purchase the other property without paying taxes. But any cash that you receive in the exchange, you pay taxes on. So a lot of people think that, oh, well, I got this piece of property, I'm going to sell it and turn around and buy another one. No, you're not going to do it unless you do a like kind exchange. So, Bill, let me ask you this. Now, we all know, well, I won't say we all know, but am I correct in thinking me personally, Veronica Edwards, if I sell my house, I'm a single person and I sell it for a profit under 250000 I don't get taxed on that. That is correct, yes. So maybe that's probably the confusion where people are thinking, oh, yeah, I could sell it and blah, blah. No, it's business. Yeah. Totally different from personal. Yeah, business is totally different from personal. Totally different. And I guess it is something to think about. Like if you're in business, you're in business to make money, which means that you should be taking, you know, paying taxes when you're just buying a house, living in it. That's not business. That's no, just that's not. Your, your living expenses. That's exactly right. We do get that question a lot. Well, I, I bought my house. Uh, can I take a deduction for the improvements to my house? No, uh. no you cannot. <laughs> it's your personal <laughs> residence. You cannot do that. Wow. What else do you have for us, Bill? Because you're putting me on a lot of things, too, where I'm like, yep, these are things I hear a lot. And some things I'm hearing for the first time and others, I hear it quite often by a lot of my clients. Right. Um, there's also accelerating expenses. I mean, if you're a small business, you can accelerate your expenses. Um, instead of you know waiting till next year, you know, you got to buy office supplies. Why don't you buy them this year? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. If you got property taxes, now sometimes here's what some clients do with property taxes is they'll pay two years in one year. So let's say you pay one, you pay what you're supposed to have due at December 2022, you pay it in January of 2023, then you're going to pay December 2023 in December. So you mm -hmm. kind of double dip and you kind of have to manage and figure out, okay, what's most beneficial if you feel like, yeah, you know, need the deductions more in the following year you do that. That's what they call bunching of expenses. Oh. Um, so um, some other you know some other strategies are retirement plans. I mean small businesses that you know they got five or six employees and you got the owners this opportunity to do retirement plan. So and so one thing I learned from you Bill with these retirement plans is that you can set it up but can you wait to fund it in the next year? Does I guess that's what I'm always wondering, like when it comes to these bonuses or draws or distributions, is it about we can book it in the books accounting wise and then the cash can happen later? Or does the cash have to happen in the tax year? If it's a profit sharing plan, yes. If it's a profit sharing plan or like uh, a SIP IRA plan that you got inside the company, you can accrue you know this term accrue and then pay it later gotcha because i think that's always a common question is that are we cash basis are we accrual me being a bookkeeper i'm always accrual i'm always talking generally accepted accounting principles but it seems like more and more of my clients are on a cash basis and right. i without going into too much detail but what do you think okay. is the easiest way that you can explain to people why your cash basis for tax versus not being cash basis when I'm doing their books and QuickBooks. Okay. 
the biggest reason is you don't want to pay taxes on money you have not received. Ah, that's a very simple way of saying it. Yeah. So now on the flip side of that, if you're on a cruel basis and your accounts payable is more than your receivables, all likelihood you want to be filing on a cruel basis because you're paying, you're now taking deductions for things that you have not paid for. So right. you gotta kinda you gotta kinda manage that. So um, and you have to make sure that those clients that start going down that road to say, okay, I think I want to file my tax return on a cash basis. Okay, if you do, what were you doing prior to this year? If you were filing on a accrual basis before and you're switching to cash basis, you can do it. And you've got to do a lot of other different steps, but you can, whatever that difference is, you, have, you can spread it out over four years or you can take it all in one year. But keep in mind, it's not something that you can do every year. Exactly. Once you make the election, you got to wait five years before you switch it back out. Five years? Okay. Yes, five years, yeah. And that is something I don't think a lot of people know because they're being like, oh, this was a good year for receivables. Let's switch it this way or payables. And it's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Yeah, so Bill, before we go, because... Both of us are people of color and we deal with a lot of people of color. I definitely want to talk about pricing of tax services, you know, quality over price, because, you know, it's getting to the point now where H&R Block, TurboTax, you could go to these places. You're not paying 50, 60 dollars, you know, so that's not oh. the route to go if you're just trying to save money. So what what do you typically tell people when it comes to what best practices are for small business owners and individuals listening when it comes to finding the best tax services? Well, my go-to is this. You get what you pay for. That part. <laughs> and if you go to H&R Block and, and, I mean, we did this, this has probably been 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. We went out and we found a um, pricing scale for H&R Block and compared, mm-hmm. it to, compared it to our pricing scale. And we realized that, you know what, we are not charging enough. Mm. So we adjusted our pricing schedule to be, you know, in line with HR blocks. Now, was it for us to get business from HR blocks? No, it was. We wanted to show our clients that what we're bringing to the table is much more than HR blocks. Because we go to bat for you. If you get a notice from the IRS, we'll sit down and take the time to go through it and so on and so forth. H&R Block, yeah, you possibly, if you call over and get somebody after taxes, you're lucky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're not knocking H&R Block or any of these services, but yeah. we do want people listening to know that when you have your business and then when you start making a little bit more money individually, Yes, you do have some of these places like an H&R Block that is making it easy and, you know, and a price point. But I am finding more and more people saying I could have did this myself or um, they miss things. And so we just want to advise you here to just do a little bit more research and don't be afraid to get an accountant. I think some people feel like, oh, it's going to be thousands of dollars, not necessarily. And Bill, I don't know if you're willing to share your starting rates for things, but I think people will be pleasantly surprised to know you can have a degreed CPA with 20, 30 years of experience and you're going to get it for a reasonable price. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our minimum fee for, for an individual tax return is $400. Mm. 
$400. Okay. It, that's the minimum right off the top. Now, once you get beyond that $400, we're going to be competitive. And that, you know, and this is what I always tell people is if you had to go to an attorney, are you going to, are you going to not use that attorney because of what he's going to charge? Mm-hmm. It's not really about the, it's not really about what he's going to charge. It's really about the relationship. Yes. At the end of the day. And if, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with, with me or any of our employees, I implore you to go try somebody else. Mm-hmm. But if you if you got any savvy or you feel like you can have a good relationship with us, it'll all work out. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> the biggest out. thing I'm learning in small business is it's all about the relationship. Because when I first started about six years ago, I'm like, I don't, I know accounting, but I don't know small business. And so many people, Bill, were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. We like you. You'll figure it out. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so you're right. So those listening, make sure that whoever is your accountant or anybody that's working with your books that you trust them, you have a relationship with them and that you vetted them out. And Bill, thank you so much. Cause I'm always sending Bill clients, some good, some bad. He always <laughs> takes them all. Bless you, my friend. Um, but we are to the end of the show. Thank you so much for those listening. We had technical difficulties and Bill came back twice and this is going to air the start of the year. And I so appreciate that. Cause I do want our listeners to get some of, these free tips um, that a lot of folks aren't aware of. So thank you so much, Bill. Don't work too hard during tax season this year. You do the same. Don't work too hard. Yes, and I will be in... Just, just make sure you work hard enough. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah. So I just want to thank you, Bill. I want to thank the listeners for tuning into bizradio.us. Please come back next week, same time, same place, 10 a.m. on Wednesdays for the Veronica Edwards show. And if you missed the live airing, you can listen to all prior shows at Veronica Edwards, buzzsprout.com. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.